Welcome to a spin-off to the Huxley Morton podcast with me, Lucy Gilmore. Today I'm joined by Tiffany Ashton from Clean Essentials, who is going to share her tips on how to get into the clinical research industry and how you can progress your career once you're in. So Tiffany, thanks for coming on the show. Tell me a bit more about how you got into clinical research and how you got started. Yes. All right. So um, I got my start actually in clinical research by chance. I didn't even know it existed. Um, When I was graduating from high school, I was going to be moving to a different city and I was looking at potential job opportunities in the new city I was going to. Um, And so what I had did, I applied for an admin assistant job and it turns out it was at a site management organization. So SMO where they conduct clinical research trials um, and usually it's a center location and then they work with various doctors in the industry or actually in the community for clinical research trials. So I aligned myself as an admin assistant with that company and you know after a few months I was really intrigued by the study coordinators because we were we had study coordinators that were at our home base and then they would go to the various doctors offices to conduct the clinical research trials for you know the big pharmaceutical companies and so um, I asked the director um, to tell me a little bit more about you know, clinical research and, you know, just give me some more exposure. Um, And so they agreed and they let me start shadowing the clinical research coordinators, sitting in on site initiation visits and just really um, absorbing uh, clinical research as a whole. And I would say about three to six months of shadowing, then they were able, and I was also going, um, I was pursuing my undergrad as well at that time. And then I did take a couple of like basic courses on good clinical practice, medical terminology. So I had that as like a foundation. And then from there I started shadowing and I was able to slowly transition into a study coordinator role. And so that's how I got my first start as a clinical research coordinator. And I've been in the industry now 18 years. So from when I started back as a clinical research coordinator, um, then I went on to be a CRA and um, then a clinical trial manager and then also a project manager. So um, it's been a long road, but a lot of experience, a lot of roles that I've covered in that time. And it's it's so exciting. I, I still enjoy the industry even to this day. It's funny that you should say that, you know, you didn't know it existed because so many, so many people we speak to kind of just, just fell into it. And, and was your degree um, sort of healthcare focused as well? Yeah, so my undergrad was in anthropology. And then I went back and got my master's in clinical research. Um, And then I have a certificate also in clinical research, trial um, design and management. So um, my my base was like life sciences um, and then also my master's. Um, But, you know, one thing that I can say, 
this industry is more experience-based. So if you have a, a degree that's in a different area, but you can gain that experience, you know, that goes a long way. Because if you look at a lot of the job descriptions, it says, you know, life sciences degree or equivalent experience, you know, so I do want to mention that to, you know, those that are interested in the industry that definitely look at those job descriptions because the experience, if you can get that experience, that goes a long way. So if you're coming from nursing or, you know, you've been a, a medical doctor, maybe in a different country or any of those things, you know, that experience can go a long way as well. Yeah, I think definitely. And and I guess that's kind of the theme of, of what we're going to run through today is mm-hmm. how people um, who maybe don't have uh, experience or are new to the clinical uh, research industry can kind of get their foot in the door, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. And so the different roles um, within uh, the clinical research field. So um, exactly. we're now working with Clean Essentials. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell us a bit more about Clean Essentials and, and what it is you guys do over there? To help clinical research professionals maximize their day, make them more organized, and just really help the flow of their work. Because there's a lot of work in the industry. There's always a lot of work coming down the pipeline. And for our CRAs and our CRCs specifically, they are constantly bombarded with multiple studies and our tools help them just really streamline their communication and also um, just make them more efficient in their workday. Um, so we have our CRA audit notes line that replaces the yellow sticky notes that are traditionally um, used in the industry and that's been shown to save anywhere from 25 to 40% um, on the time for writing for the CRAs and then also for the CRCs, just actioning those items, it goes much, much faster than the traditional yellow sticky notes. Um, So we have that tool for the CRAs and CRCs. And then we just recently We have a tool for our project managers and clinical trial managers. It's a tool that they can help organize their week and look at their priorities for the week, you know, what vendors they need to follow up with, milestones um, that are upcoming that they need to keep track of. So just various little tools that help checklists, you know, action item pads, just little simple upgrades that really go a long way in the workday, especially when you're working alone or you're working with a team and there's only 24 hours in a day. You just got to maximize your time. It's funny you say that, um, that, that historically people use sticky notes or still do, I guess, because um, mm-hmm. I've always been a fan of sticky notes and my desk is, is, littered with them everywhere and James always berates me for that and says I can't believe this is so disorganized you know I used to work as a project manager and to be honest that is how I used to work you used to have your file pack I mean I wasn't in clinical research but you had your file pack of your project that you were running and you'd have little sticky notes in all of the different areas um, exactly to, to, to kind of as little prompts of where you're up to on each bit so yeah exactly yeah yeah so the CRA audit notes they're pre-printed with industry catchphrases so like protocol deviation serious adverse event and they're color-coded so when a study coordinator sees that they know what to action because it's a protocol deviation it's a serious adverse event it's pre-printed and it's color-coded so when they see that particular color it stands out versus a yellow sticky note, you could have to go through 
five or 10 or 15 of them. And then you're like, oh, a, a protocol deviations in here. I didn't even realize, you know, just because there's no real indication. So that's just a simple upgrade. A simple switch goes a long way on the receiving end and also on the writing end. You just don't have to write as much, you know, when the CRAs are going through 10, 20, 30 charts at some sites. Mm -hmm. Great. Mm -hmm. so, so you've got a, a, a series of organizational tools, I guess, there. Mm -hmm. And um, was there a, a course as well that you're, you've put together? Tell us yeah, so, about that. Yeah, so um, since we had originally spoke at Lucy, we have uh, launched our clinical trial manager course. And this course is twofold. It can be, and there's a lot of promotions within organizations. So maybe you're a senior CRA and then they give you an opportunity to be a clinical trial manager and you jump at that opportunity, but you're not sure of the big picture, the from start, from study kickoff all the way out to study closeout. You know, you're not sure, you may have a few pieces, but this course helps those that are jumping into the role and needing to actually perform and understand what they're doing. And then there's the other um, aspect of it is for those that know they wanna be a clinical trial manager and they wanna get some formal training, this is a program that they can also take. So both sides of the coin, um, but it's something that's not currently out and available. Um, and so I know there are CRC courses and CRA courses, but when it comes to the CTM courses, that is very important. And the reason why it's so important is the CTM is the captain of the whole study. So if they aren't sure of what to do or even one decision that they make could have a downstream effect, you know, five, five months from now or at the end of the study or how the data is analyzed. So that's what that course, um, that the Clinical Essentials Clinical Trial Manager course is helping for those CTMs that want a little bit more guidance or haven't had, haven't seen the full life cycle of being a CTM. And so that's what it's that's, will help with. That's fantastic. And is that an on, online, presumably, uh, course? Mm -hmm. is, is that a guided one or, or something that people do in their sort of own free time? Or So it's twofold. There are some guided um, courses and then there's some self-study courses as well. So it's two in one, um, but it takes about, I would say about 20 hours, but we spread it over about three weeks mm -hmm. um, and we can do it faster or we can do it slower. It just really depends. But we've had two courses, um, two classes already. And so, you know, we kind of tailored it to that particular yeah. class's preference. Oh, fantastic. Sounds yeah. really good. And yeah. I guess, um, I mean, from the course, obviously you guys have put this together, I guess, based on feedback and, and, and your organisational tools that you, you've had. So what would you say are the most common questions um, that you're receiving um, from people making inquiries or, or yeah, when, when thinking about putting the course and the organisational tools together? Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of things. So we get a lot of questions on how do you get into research, you know, just in general, or how do you do uh, career progression? And then, um, so it just really depends. So those that want to get into research, you know, we have some tips on 
um, some basic courses that they can take and some items that you can, uh, are community resources that you can utilize. So that's one way. But if you're in a role and you want to move to the next role, that's where, you know, courses like the clinical trial manager course is helpful because you either have been presented with the opportunity or you know that you want to get off the road as a CRA and you want to be a CTM. And so that's your next um, career progression. So you're starting to already think, what can I do to set myself apart? So it just really depends. But we get a lot of questions in, in different areas. But the most frequent are, how do you get into research? And then how can I move up you know, to the next I would definitely say that how, how do you get into clinical research has definitely been something that has, has hit my inbox. Um, seems to be more and more frequently um, over the coming weeks. Um, and as you know, I've kind of I've, I've, I've sent them your way because as a recruiter, um, I guess our clients are coming to us for people with more experience. So we're probably um, working with people that are, you know, five, six, plus years into their mm -hmm. career um, but for those I know that we do have listeners that are just starting out so how um, I guess yeah do you have any tips um, maybe like three tips for um, our listeners who want to get into clinical research yeah so first you want to understand clinical research that's would you want to know and kind of understand why is there clinical research? What is it about? What is it about? And what are the stages? So one of the things I would suggest is take some core classes. And there are some free classes available. Um, one, it's a good clinical practice course. It's called GCP Finding. Um, com, and they offer a free GCP course. And you can do a quiz um, where you can get a certificate. And so if you're starting off brand new, you want to have a nice little certification that you at least understand good clinical practice. Mm -hmm. So that's one like course that I would recommend. Another one would be drug development process um, and maybe medical terminology if you're not coming from a medical background. Um, drug development process, you may be able to find a lot of YouTube videos on just what is the drug development process, phase one through four. You want to understand what is phase one through four. Why do we do clinical research? And then medical terminology. You can usually take those online, maybe at a local community college or some other course. You can just, you know, get that online. So those core classes are number one. I would also suggest that you find out what career path what interests you the most? Do you want to be a clinical research coordinator? Do you want to be a CRA, which is traveling, you know, on the on the road a lot? Do you want to be a CTM? Because based off of that, you want to make sure you align yourself on the right career progression. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, if you want to be um, a project manager, you want to go towards the project manager role from the start. You don't want to start way over here and you're like, oh no, I got to come back mm -hmm. to be over here. You know, like you want to see where, you want to understand where you want to be at the end and then work backwards and say, okay, well, now what's the, the, the progression? If I want to ultimately be here, where do I need to start? So that would be another tip. Um, and then the last tip I would say is find out clinical, now, if you want to be a clinical research coordinator, 
-hmm. go to um, online and find local clinical research centers near you. And maybe just depending on your background and your comfortability, you may want to speak to that site director and see, tell them that you are interested in being a clinical research coordinator and see if there's any volunteer opportunities that you can do. That's a good way to get your foot in the door and show that you're a good worker. And chances are when there's an opening, they'll say, oh, wow. Lucy's over here, you know, she's been great volunteering for the last three months, you know, yeah, let's offer her this position because she understands. Mm -hmm. Let's see, you know, maybe, you know, something like that. So that's a good entryway, a good, you know, look at the local clinical research centers there um, and or wherever you're at and see, you don't have to do a lot of time, maybe five hours a week. 10 hours a week, whatever you're able to do. You can organize lab kits. You can organize um, study supplies. Like um, sometimes they give blood pressure cuffs and, and um, diabetes uh, glucometers. You know, you can organize, you can, you can help wherever you can, but just show that you're interested and get in there and absorb as much as you can about research. And uh, that's, that's been successful for a lot of people, that method. So if you're interested, those are the three tips that I would say about clinical research. I think they're great tips. And because sometimes people can think that that's their dream career. And then mm -hmm. they, you know, finally, after six months of searching, get the job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then they start and they realize, actually, this isn't for me. So I guess the volunteering aspect, kind of yeah. doing it and you're volunteering, you're not necessarily getting paid. It's a real test to, to, to work out whether yeah. you actually like it or not. Exactly. You know, and it just depends. Some research centers are bigger than others and there may, you know, they may be able to give a small stipend, but most may not be able to. So just know that that is something that, um, you know, you have to be willing to do, but, you know, it doesn't have to be 40 hours a week. It can just be five, 10. Some, some clinics do Saturday clinics for recruitment, and that could be you can come in and help every Saturday. Um, I remember we did Saturday clinics, and we had 30 patients in on a Saturday because that's when they weren't at work and it was hectic. We had to have everything lined up, everything timed. You know, we did the consents individually. You know, it was it was very hectic, but even having a set of hands, a volunteer hand would be excellent in those opportunities. So there's a lot of opportunities out there. Great tips there, Tiffany, thanks for those. And um, I guess in terms of career progression, um, what are the typical career paths? Um, I guess talk, talk us through, like if you wanted, as you said um, previously, you know, if you want to become a, a project manager, you know, you need to start here to go there. What, what mm -hmm. are those typical sort of career paths? Okay, so typically the clinical research coordinator role is the foundation. And it's the foundation if you want to be a clinical research associate, which is the auditor, the monitor that actually travels to multiple sites. They may have 10 or 15 doctors that they um, manage and two to three protocols that they manage. And so they would have to travel every four to six weeks, you know. They're, they're a road warrior, as you say. They're on the road traveling two to three weeks, I mean, two to three days per week. So if you want to be a CRA, the CRC role is a good progression. 
Um, so you want to start at the CRC and then work your way to be a CRA. And I would say, when you have your monitoring visits, express your need or express your desire. If you're a study coordinator, express your desire to be a CRA with the CRAs that you interact with, because a lot of times they get um, notification of openings or, you know, they need, we need additional members on the team and they will reach out, the companies will reach out to the CRAs on their team and say, do you know of anyone that would make a good CRA or who would want to be a CRA? So if you're a study coordinator and you've already said, hey, keep me in mind in case you have any openings, you know, that's a good pathway there. Um, now, if you're in the CRA position, you can Typically, you can be either a lead CRA from there, which is like the lead CRA on the team. So it's one person that's probably the most experienced with the study and they oversee the other CRAs. And if there's a question from the CRAs in the field, they'll send it to the lead CRA. Sometimes that lead CRA has to monitor too but other times they just are in the office and they're a lead CRA and they do all of the CRA management. They review trip reports. They're also in meetings with sponsors and learning about um, the study deliverables and disseminating it to the CRA team. So that's another, if you wanna go from CRA, you can go to lead CRA or you can go from CRA to CTM, which is clinical trial manager. And the clinical trial manager is responsible for the clinical deliverables. The study is on the clinical trial manager's shoulders for delivering on time, recruitment on time, you know, staying within budget, making sure we have the appropriate resources, making sure we have the appropriate sites. So the study as a whole rests with the clinical trial manager. So if you're okay with that level of pressure, if you would say, because there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, eyes on you because you are the one that has to deliver the study, then that could be a really good um, career progression from CRA. You can go to CTM. Mm -hmm. And then now I will say from each, each company differs. Sometimes a clinical trial manager and a clinical project manager, those names are used interchangeably. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you have to ask, if you see an opening for a clinical project manager, if you ask, are you in charge of the clinical deliverables on the study? And if they say yes, then you are technically a clinical trial manager and you're gonna be doing the day-to-day -day activities to ensure the study stays on track. But other companies, they mention clinical project managers and they are not involved in the day-to-day -day activities um, for clinical deliverables. They're more client facing as a clinical project manager. And so that means if there's a sponsor like a Merck or a Pfizer, that clinical project manager is working hand in hand in lots of meetings with the, the sponsor, looking at maybe a portfolio of drugs, a portfolio of studies. They're not focused on one study like a clinical trial manager would be. So there's a slight distinction, but the natural progression from a CTM is to be a CPM, which would be like on the portfolio level and more working with the sponsor hand in hand on how we're gonna roll out this study or this study drug across many studies 
across, you know, a bigger, it's like a bigger platform than just one particular study. So that's, those are kind of the career progressions and just the differences between the various roles. So you, and so that's why I say, you want to see where you want to be. Yeah. So you can work up there. Um, And there's another role that I didn't mention. It's called clinical trial um, associate or assistant. It's a CTA. And those CTAs work very closely with the CTMs, the clinical trial managers. They're like their right hand. So like for meeting minutes and meeting agendas and, you know, follow up with the vendors. There's a CTA that works very closely with the CTM. That could be another career progression from a CTA position to a CTM. So you didn't have to come up through the CRA channel. You can go through from a CTA to a CTM and then a project manager. So there's there's different ways. You just have to really understand which which would you enjoy so you can make sure you don't spend time because there it does take time. You can't fast track yourself from CRA to CTM in two years, you know, like that's not gonna, you know, it's it's highly unlikely. Maybe at a small, small company, you may be able to come right in as a clinical trial manager if you have other relatable experience, but it's a nice progression. You're gonna need some time, some skin in the game. So you have to make sure you're you're going the right way before you spend the time going through the channels. Definitely, some, yes. some great tips there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess, um, I don't know about you, but we found definitely there seems to be a, a skills gap in the industry um, at the moment. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's a whole heap of, of requirements, especially kind of at that sort of CPM, uh, CTA mm-hmm. level. But there's just yes. not enough candidates at, mm-hmm. at the moment, um, as a recruiter, that's definitely what we're finding. Um, yeah. How how are you? What what are you finding um, on your side? I have always seen this through the throughout the industry um, through my eighteen years. I've always seen a gap. There's a gap in the in the. There's a lot of openings, but not enough people. And there has always been that gap, but I feel here recently in the last two years, that gap has widened. There's just so many more openings than there are people. And there's a lot of people. There's a lot of great people. There's a lot of um, people that are coming from other areas like nurses and, you know, other roles that would be great clinical research professionals. But we do know that the, the sponsors or the CROs have their criteria for, you know, they have to have two to three years or five to six years, and there's not enough people to meet those criteria, um, that criteria. So, you know, what I have seen, and it it does give me a little hope, is that some of these sponsors and CROs are realizing that there is not enough of the qualified in their eyes, five, 10, 15 years experience. There's there's great candidates at the two, the three, the four year mark that have the drive that wanna be given the opportunity. And so a lot of sponsors and CROs are now giving them the opportunity with a training program or something of, you know, some kind of guidance or mentorship within. So that they are trying to narrow the gap, but we need more of it and we need more companies to be willing to do that. 
and we need more companies just like um, Clinic Essentials has the clinical trial manager program. For that program, we take senior CRAs, senior CTMs, or even those that are um, entry-level CTMs into that course. So they have a foundation of clinical research. And then we build upon that foundation by teaching them the A through Z of clinical trial managers. Um, so if there's companies that are more willing to take a candidate that has the experience in the industry and has recently completed a certificate program, that's gonna be, that's gonna help fill their gap more than saying, well, we can't find them. So now this requisition is just open for months on end because we can't find the person that has the experience that we're looking for. But we do have some options. You just have to be willing to work with those options that you have because everyone at one point in time learned on the job. Mm. hands down (laughs) I you know I've learned on the job you know given a task yeah given a task and they're like plan an investigators meeting and I'm like okay you know let me work backwards I have an idea you know I've been at investigators meetings okay you know but everyone has had to use their it's the skill set you're looking for critical thinkers go-getters you know good under pressure you know able to prioritize reprioritize that's the skill set that you need Mm. and as long as they have the base and they have those skills you can teach that person anything and that person can step into any role with those skills and that's what the sponsors and CROs should focus on do they have the skills that would make them successful I definitely think that you know we need to be more focused on people having the basics that we mm-hmm. can then mould um, mm-hmm. and, and bring up and, and definitely being a bit more open mm-hmm. to, to those other options that, you know, we might have a year less experience than we'd ideally like. But yeah. you know, do you think with the right guidance and do you think yeah. their sort of go-getter attitude that they will come up to speed quite quickly? I, that, exactly. I, I'd, I'd say that they probably can. So, um yeah yeah well hopefully hopefully the industry um does become a bit more susceptible to these um sort of candidates and 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 Mm -hmm. we sort of start bridging that gap a little bit yeah Um, so great some great tips there (laughs) um, tiffany thanks for those um so we'll move on to our quick fire questions which is um usually what we do on our standard podcast but I thought I'd mm-hmm. adopt this one here um, okay. so what advice would you give um, to your younger self hmm. I would say travel more I always wanted to backpack around the world and I wish I would have done that more. I did travel later in life, but right after college or right after even high school, maybe not high school, maybe right after college, you know, just doing a little bit more traveling, getting out there, exploring. Um, I would have loved to do that. Um, And I would just say, you know, I think that would be the biggest one that I would say to my younger self, just get out there, learn about new cultures, learn, see different places, try new foods, just get that exposure because there's a world out there that you don't even know. You may only know your four walls, but there's so much (laughs) else going out there in the world that you just want to take it all in. 
definitely yeah. and what is your um what would you say is your best resource you would recommend um to our audience so is there any book or podcast what what sort of do you like to read to to further your knowledge um i would say get um on the list for like the industry professional website so like acrp the association of clinical research professionals, SOCRA, because they have a lot of articles that are in with the times, like new new changes within the clinical research industry. You can also get on like biotech news or a pharmaceutical news. So you can see the drugs that are coming down the pipeline. Anything like that would be good just to stay in the know because sometimes we're in our own little world and we are not even realizing, oh, wow, I didn't even know, you know, that drug is coming down the market. I worked on that drug, you know, like any of those things are gene therapy is now the way to go. You know, you just want to stay in the know so you can even keep your skills fresh. And maybe you'll say, okay, if you ever present it with the gene therapy um, opportunity to be a CTM or a gene therapy study, you may say, oh yeah, I'll take that because I know that, that there's a lot of trials now in that area. So that's good experience to get. It's definitely a field that we have seen um, a huge growth in terms of mm -hmm. desire for candidates um, with mm -hmm. that sort of experience. So I definitely recommend anyone to, to sort of look into that a bit more. Yeah. And what's your um, number one golden rule for life and business? I would say progress over perfection. Mm -hmm. um, because sometimes, a lot of times, we want everything to be so perfect that it it uh, tenses up tenses us up and we stop dead in our tracks and we don't do anything because yeah. it has to be so perfect. But just progress a little bit, a little bit. And as you get better with time, you can make it more perfect. But it's better to get started than not get started at all. Absolutely, definitely some sound advice there. And uh, what do you get up to outside of work? Um, well, I have my husband and my two kids keep me very busy. So we do a lot of family um, picnics or water fights in the backyard or movie nights. Um, so that's, you know, family life. That's what I do a lot. But when I do get some quiet time to myself, if I'm not, you know, catching up on the industry news, which I try not to, um, I like to binge watch on um, medical shows. So the Grey's Anatomy, the new, the resident, New Amsterdam, you know, the good doctor, those, I say I should have went to medical school because I love those, you know, those shows. I can watch the whole season. Um, so I like to do that a lot is to that binge watching, you know, just on my free time. Fantastic. It's clear that healthcare clearly runs through your veins. You can't you can't get away from it. It's clearly something that you're passionate about. Exactly. Yep. Even on the free time, I'm over there solving mysteries on what this particular patient was admitted for. Fantastic. Well, it's been great to have you on the show. So um just to, to round up, um what What's the best way of, of if you know people want to reach out to you um, or they want to know a bit more about the Clean Essentials uh, mm -hmm. organizational tools or courses? What's the best way to get in contact? Yeah, so um, we are on LinkedIn. So Clean Essentials um, is on LinkedIn. We have a, a 
Clint Essentials page. And then I also have um, a page linked to the Clint Essentials page. Um, so you can just search me, Tiffany Ashton, on uh, LinkedIn. You'll see me. Um, usually we're having great conversations on tips within the industry, how to get into the, how to get into the industry, how to do career progression, you know, tips for any of the things, um, how to prioritize your day. So yeah, it's a good conversation. We have really good community. So I would suggest that my printer's going off at the exact time, but I would suggest that you connect there. And then, you know, we're very open. Um, send me a, um, a message if you have any specific questions that I can answer real quick. And then um, we also have a career services hotline if you want to schedule some one-on-one time with a clinical research professional to further discuss, you know, maybe you just want to brainstorm or maybe you have a particular situation for your study that you've never been through. And we don't speak specifics, but we can help guide you. Okay, have you thought about this for planning that, you know, et cetera. So we can kind of work through different scenarios if you don't have a mentor, someone that you can lean upon um, there at your, your um, company. So that's another service that we provide. So yeah, find us on LinkedIn. We're also on the YouTube for our videos at Clint Essential on Instagram and Facebook also at Clint Essentials. Perfect well I'll put all the links in the um, bio so people can hit hit those up and um, yeah. yeah it's been fantastic Tiffany thanks for your time today and um, yeah well hopefully um, we'll, we'll, we'll speak again soon. Mm -hmm.